The WBEN All Local. All Local. A daily look at what's happening in Buffalo, Western New York, and the world. I'm Brian Mazurowski. Susan off today. Outside, we're looking at a few clouds, 66 degrees in Buffalo. We'll have your Just Call Judd first alert forecast coming up in just about 10 minutes from now. The Buffalo Bills have parted ways with Ron Rakuya just a few months after the franchise's top executive completed spearheading negotiations to build a new stadium. Terry Pagula, citing a months-long evaluation of the team's business side and determining the need to revamp and improve the Bills' structure in a statement released by the team yesterday. John Roth will assume Rakuya's titles as team's executive vice president and COO. Terry Pagula also taking over the role of team president, previously held by his wife Kim, who's been away from the team because of health issues. Rakuya, who's appeared on this program many times, essentially oversaw the daily operations of Pagula Sports and Entertainment after Kim Pagula fell ill. Just six weeks ago, Rakuya shared the stage with Pagula to celebrate the groundbreaking of the Bills' new stadium. More on this as we hear it here on WBEN. In the meantime, more changes on the horizon for the Eastern Hills Mall, but this week they're starting to become a reality for many. WBEN's Tom Puckett with more on the property's switch to a new concept and how it's impacting tenants. Uniland has given Eastern Hills Mall tenants without an exterior entrance until January to vacate to allow the demolition of the mall's interior to begin. I know the mall has said said they'll still be plowing the lots and the roadways, so I have plenty of parking out here out front. My patio will remain open, um, and we'll have to see how that affects the hallway. We have a hallway entrance, too. Greg Duell of Duff says he's excited to see something finally happen with his restaurant not affected. Sports Performance Park will also not be affected. Stephen Lynch says he feels bad for those who have to move out. I think it's an unfortunate situation when anyone, you know, has to make a decision whether they move within a facility or not. Um, we weren't in that predicament, but um, I know it's going to adversely affect you know, many companies and stuff like that. See a rendering from Uniland and hear more online. Tom Puckett, WBEN.com News. All right, interesting. Uh, moving forward, maybe the first mall to really take a big step, this step, moving forward in the region. We'll be talking more about it with Peter Hunt of Hunt Real Estate uh, about how these projects look around the country coming up a little bit later on this morning. Well, some businesses that have been operating in western New York for many, many years hoping for a big boost from the legal marijuana industry. WBEN's Max Ferry brings us more. With state-regulated recreational marijuana dispensaries sprouting up across the state, New York is slowly starting to roll out what they promised years ago when marijuana became legal recreationally in 2021. One could assume as the rollout of the state-regulated cannabis stores come to fruition, head shops that sell glass pieces and other smoke-related items would start to become more prosperous. Ryan Graves, owner of the Decades Smoke Shop Stores in western New York, says he is very happy to see regulated cannabis stores finally opening up in the area. We're happy to see them open up. Um, there is a little bit of concern on the oversaturation in the market with the type of uh, smoke shops that are out there. But we do feel it's, 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 it's about time that the dispensaries were able to get open. Graves' primary concerns currently come from those smoke head shops and sticker shops who sell marijuana illegally, as the cannabis industry has quickly turned into what he describes as an oversaturation of the market, which is putting a damper on his business. Uh, we've seen a decrease. Um, the market's oversaturated right now. In a lot of places, we're doing the illegal sticker shop um, 
which kind of put a black eye to our industry. Although New York State and Buffalo are conducting operations to shut down those illegal shops, Graves believes the black market will continue to linger, as it has with other states where marijuana is legal. He is hopeful that regulated dispensaries and head shops will continue to flourish in the growing market. He believes he will see an influx of business at his Depew location, adjacent to a regulated dispensary opening their doors later this week. Find out more at WBEN.com. This is Max Ferry for WBEN.com News. All right, Max, thank you. Uh, much more to come on the weed industry. Is This is a big week for it here in western New York, where earlier this week the first legal recreational dispensary opened. Later on this week, tomorrow, another one set to open in Depew. Well, the investigation into the alleged Gilgo Beach serial killer, Rex Hewerman, expanding now to a fourth state. New Jersey. Authorities are looking into his possible ties to Atlantic City and a string of unsolved killings of prostitutes. They're also interviewing other sex workers currently behind bars about their interactions with Hewerman. And now, a week after Hewerman's arrest on charges, he killed three women in Long Island, New York, who worked as escorts. His wife of more than 25 years has filed for divorce. It comes as investigators search land that Hewerman owns in South Carolina, looking for any evidence that could link him to the killing. Police in Las Vegas, where Huberman has a timeshare, are also taking a new look at unsolved cases. Wow, very interesting. Every day, something new on this case. That's Rhiannon Alley with the reports. All right. This, uh, it, it, this might sound familiar. You might think that this is decades old. But no, it is a new case with uh, what's becoming an age-old uh, tradition. $15 million dollars. That's what lawyers for the family of a young girl were requesting from a jury after she was severely burned by a chicken McNugget. Olivia Carabello was just four years old when she suffered a second-degree burn after a McNugget from a drive-thru in 2019 got caught between the car seat and her thigh. And yesterday, the jury reached a verdict. Lawyers for McDonald's and the franchise protested that $15 million figure. They say Olivia has since healed, so they offered a far lower payout. This is the total award, $156,000. It came down to the jury, which took just two hours yesterday to decide the final number. The family will get $800,000. Olivia's mom, satisfied. I'm actually just happy that, you know, they listened to Olivia's voice and she the jury was able to decide a fair judgment. I'm happy with that. Thank you for bringing us the report. Satisfied with $800,000 over the McNugget, I think I would be there too. <laughs> I would be right there. Um, wow. Okay, so $800,000 ends up being the one. It wasn't the jackpot that they wanted. Somebody got the jackpot they wanted last night. A ticket sold in downtown L.A., has won the $1 billion Powerball jackpot. Seventh highest jackpot in U.S. history. Third largest for the Powerball. Leanne Souter, outside of the Mini Mart, where the winning ticket was sold. Now, there were also other winners here in Southern California. Three other tickets matching five of the numbers. They just didn't have that Powerball number. They were sold here in Southern California, each one worth about $450,000. But it's the big winner that everybody wants to know about, that billion-dollar winning ticket. Now, after taxes, they will take home about $550 million. Certainly not bad. Not bad at all. The winning numbers, by the way, 7, 10, 11, 13, 24, and the Powerball was 24. 
I don't know, Joe, how often I'm not a lotto player. How often do you or does anybody use the same number twice? So you have 24 and then a 24. Or what, or wait, was 24 just the Powerball? And I'm misreading. No, you're right. The last two numbers 24. were 24. How often do people use two numbers the same, like the Powerball to match something else? I would say that would be a quick pick, that you wouldn't just pick those numbers yourself. Yeah. I. You, everyone picks different numbers, I think. I don't know. The exclusive WBN, some weather forecast for the day today, calls for sunshine this morning. Some clouds for the afternoon. A warm breeze will blow out of the southwest. The high temperature into the middle 80s. A disturbance will track in from southern Ontario tonight with showers and thundery downpours. The temperatures will be dropping back into the mid-60s, and any thunderstorm will be capable of producing briefly strong and gusty winds. Tomorrow brings a mixture of clouds and sunshine, just a spot afternoon shower, isolated thunder shower, high temperatures in the mid-70s. With your exclusive WBN 7 Weather Forecast, I'm meteorologist Josh Nichols. Joining us on the line, Town of Clarence Supervisor Pat Casilio. We're taking a look at the Eastern Hills Mall site and what's happening there. Pat, thanks for joining us. You know, it's been talked about redevelopment of the Eastern Hills Mall. Looks like that's really taking a step forward this week from a mall to what's being called a town center. What exactly is happening this week? What's your understanding? Good morning, Brian. Uh, I'd just like to say that this project, $500 million, will be the largest private development in Western New York history. Yes, we know the cost of the football stadium, but that's a public development. This is the largest private development in Western New York history. And the mall uh, has started giving eviction notices to parts of the mall in preparation for uh, the closing down of that section of the mall and construction of the project, meaning construction of the new project living center. So they're basically telling stores in the mall that, uh, hey, we're going to start the whole process here. Early 2024, we're going to need some of these places vacated. It mostly applies to people who only have interior-facing entrances for the mall. This entire project, though, and you mentioned the scope of it, largest private project in Western New York history. Pat, do you sometimes look at some of the drawings that are up here of what it's set to look like when it's all said and done and think to yourself, I don't know if this is actually going to happen. It's, it's, a, it's a big, it certainly is a big undertaking. It's uh, at least three or four phases for it uh, to be complete, but you have to start someplace with it and they're getting ready to get going. And because it's such a big undertaking, I mean, we're not talking about, it's not the same thing as putting up a building, right? We're not talking about a couple of years and then this is ready to go. I mean, this is a lengthy process. Uh, You you know, the town of Clarence does not have a village, but when this is done, there'll be 3,000 people living there. It's certainly a win for the Clarence School District. It's a win for Erie County, both in property taxes and sales taxes. It is going to take time to develop, but the end product will be something that everybody will be proud of. What is your understanding of, you know, the current property, the Eastern Hills Mall, of how much or any of that structure might remain? Well, the the demolition that they're proposing now is, like you just mentioned, the in-facing stores, but all the anchor stores are staying 
for the present time. And as part of their phasing, uh, most of the buildings will be maintained uh, during the construction process, and they'll have the option to move eventually to a different part of the property when those phases come into place. You mentioned how big this is going to be for clearance once it's all said and done, uh, but it would also have to be big for the town to still have something going on. You know, it's such a large site in such a prominent location, um, and it's going to be a lengthy project. You still want some activity there as the construction's going on. Absolutely. That's the most valuable piece of property we have in the town of Clarence, and we have to protect our commercial corridors, which is Transit Road, and Main Street. So the town of Clarence a few years ago rezoned the property for a living center. We did not want to see it become a used car lot or a big warehousing facility. We, we planned years ago that it would be a mixed-use type design living center. I, when we talk about a living center, a, a town center is uh, what Uniland is using to kind of describe uh, this. Can you paint the picture what exactly do we mean? People have a lot of different ideas when we hear those words. Well, that's why I mentioned it'd be a win for the school district because they would uh, get the tax benefit of the property there, but probably not a very big load of uh, young people, students per se. We, they expect, Uniland expects young professionals living there and seniors living there um, and reaping the rewards of having everything they need on that site, possible employment, shopping, medical facilities, so that it, that the 100 acres of property is almost self-contained to the ultimate goal. It, you mentioned uh, the town of Clarence doesn't have a village. This would almost replicate something like that. Absolutely. I, have you been able to see in other instances where that is successful, where, I mean, I look at this, you look at uh, the Boulevard Mall site and kind of what's being talked about there. They're not as far along in the process as they are here with the Eastern Hills Mall site. But it almost seems like they're trying to create, you know, an Elmwood Village uh, something like that just out of thin air. It seems like Western New York is behind in that. The, the type of mall conversions have been going on and very successful across the country, especially down south. And uh, hopefully this one will be uh, – up and going very soon and very successful for everybody in Western New York. We're going to see a lot of green space. Is part of, you know, obviously the mall itself and, you know, what is or isn't inside, right, like has been a big point of this. But is part of the problem with how that property currently is the amount of space that's there that is just kind of, you know, paved parking lot? It's not very appealing to the eye. And the, the first phase of this project is going to be adding a lot of green space to it. How important is that for the town? Uh, you know, the town, when we made our code changes in 2016, uh, moved for 50% green space on all our developments. So to try and not have these large parking lots like the 1973 mall was when it was initially planned. Um, though I'm not knowing if they're up to 50% green space on the property, but a large amount of that development is... Uh, removing blacktop and putting grass in. I, I do have to say, though, you know, that big parking lot, especially behind the mall there, the first time I was ever behind the wheel of a car, that's where I, I was supposed to learn, right? They, nothing but space and paved rolls, and you just have to, do, uh, you know, drive around the potholes. Yeah, that was the code back then that you needed a, uh, five parking spaces for every one person that used the building. So our code has changed to uh, limit the amount of blacktop that goes down in the town of Clarence. 
You'll have to find something else. Uh, maybe over here, you know, to uh, <laughs> learn uh, learn uh, to drive if you're a little kid out there. I, the size of the space, I mean, if you know it, uh, you, you probably kind of have an idea of how big it is. Um, I, I've seen some images, though, where they, you know, put the size of the entire space and, you know, overlap it with, say, the Bills Stadium site uh, with portions of downtown Buffalo to really give you an idea of just the scope of the project. Pat, it is humongous. What's good about this project is uh, they they basically have a a group ownership between two people. Uh, They own over 110 acres there, so there's there's really no side negotiations needed um, to move forward with this project. Um, It it is an immense project, there's no doubt about that. That's why I'm saying it's a It'll be the biggest private development in Western New York ever. Well, we can't wait to see what the next steps are. Hey, Pat, thanks so much for joining us. Pat Casilio is Clarence Town Supervisor, joining us live here on WBEN. That's the WBEN All Local. All new episodes are made available each weekday morning, produced by the award-winning WBEN Newsroom.